Right, welcome back to another episode of the Power Sports Rebellia Show. I am your host, Matt Powers. Thank you again for joining me. Please visit the website, powersportsrebellia.com. Also, give me a follow over there on Instagram, at Powers Autographs. Well, how do you avoid the old pump and dump? You know, as the sports card, the ticket, the graded video games, and autograph markets become more and more mainstream and millions of dollars continues to pour into the hobby, the opportunity to artificially influence the markets and make some huge sums of money comes into play. More specifically, what we are talking about today, the pump and dump. Now, what is a pump and dump, you ask? No, this is not your local strip club. Okay, A pump and dump is when a so-called influencer of the hobby on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube... Uh, you know, begins promoting a uh, you know specific player or specific item as the next big big thing or a uh, great investment opportunity, hoping to create a buzz and interest, thus creating sales and driving up the price. What they fail to mention when presenting you with this great opportunity is they typically own a decent amount of this player or item. The end goal being to sell the product they have and uh, whatever else they have are pumping up there and drive up the price. All right. In the end, people end up buying at the highest price possible and the inevitable huge price drop occurs when the interest in this particular item or collectible goes away. Thus, they are stuck with an item they most likely paid three to five times what it is worth. Hence, the pump and dump. Now, market manipulation like this is definitely real, and we need to watch for it. No one wants to lose money on something they bought that quickly or get stuck with an item for their personal collection that they way overpaid for. I mean, it just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth. I've done it. You've done it. We're trying to avoid that, and that's what today's video is going to be all about. Again, we've all fallen to this victim at some point in our, uh, you know, some point in our lives, whether it was with sports cards, autographs, buying shoes, clothes, whatever it is, we've all done it. Even just this year, I, uh, I, you know, I've bought sports cards that have been, you know, cut in half or have gone down four x. All right, but I've learned a lot from these experiences, which I will share with you today. So, how can we avoid the pump and dump? Boy, uh, that is going to be a fun thing to say throughout this entire video here. But hey, first off, number one, you got to know the background of who is giving you this information. Right? Now, who is this person or company? Why are they giving out this information for free? Is oh, If this is such a great investment opportunity or an item to add to your collection, why would they want to share it with you? Okay, What do they have to gain from sharing this with you? Now, telling everyone you have you know, been buying a certain player or a certain item uh, and giving context as to why you are doing that, uh, you know, showing off what you are buying, you know, that isn't pumping, all right? You know, you, you've been made it clear to your audience that you have a personal stake in these items. You know, generally, you see uh, people make, uh, you know, a clear disclaimer to you to do your own research and buy what you like. Again, that's not pumping up everything. You're just sharing what you are, are collecting and why and sharing some general insight about that item. 
It's when an influencer doesn't disclose that information is where it starts to fall into the pump and dump category, okay? And some influencers, they definitely do this kind of unknowingly. It's very easy to do. But it never hurts to ask this particular influencer if they own any of this player or this item, right? If so, how much do they own? What exact items do they own? Uh, if no answer or a vague one is given, there's probably a reason for that. So do your best to find out you know, why they feel this way about the information they are giving and if you agree with their assessment. You know, that is probably the most important thing right there, okay? Do you agree with the assessment that they are making? Now, one thing to watch for is if you see a big shift in items being sold from an influencer or an auction company. You know, that is definitely a pause for concern. Uh, say an auction company sells mainly trading cards and all of a sudden gets involved in selling graded video games or graded kitchenware or you know, any new area that can be graded, be very cautious. These big time auction companies are getting a ton of new investment money from various companies. Even grading companies are getting involved in the auction business. There's a lots of conflict of interest that are starting to show up. All right, number two, lack of knowledge, right? This is the most important part of today's topic and one I want you to really focus in on, right? Every time I have been burned and overpaid for an item, it's because I wasn't knowledgeable about that space or that particular item. Now, this is the key right here to avoiding 90% of the pump and dump schemes. Here's how you get burned, right? You see a person who is well knowledgeable in an area of the hobby talking about an item. You get excited because you've never seen this item before. You, know, you even maybe even agree with the influencer that this is an awesome item to have in your collection. But your knowledge on what the real value or the overall market of this item is lacking, all right? Let me give you a recent example of what something I did, all right? A few months ago, the uh, Larry Bird 1981 Tops, right? This was his first uh, solo card. Many of you are familiar with it. Uh, this was, uh, I wouldn't say really being promoted, but it was being really talked about in the sports card market. Most people couldn't afford the 1980 Tops rookie card, so this was a better alternative. And I honestly like the card better because, again, it just has Larry Bird on it. I agreed with the assessment that these were undervalued and a smart pickup. You know, it made complete sense to me, right? A Hall of Famer, first solo card, uh, 1981 cards. There probably wasn't a ton of these just, you know, in good quality that were just laying around waiting to be graded. You know, that was all appealing to me. The unknown was the price. What were these actually worth? Now, PSA 10s were way out of the budget. I think the last sale on these ones was about $20,000, and, and it's a tough card to find. It's a, a pop of a 61. PSA 9s were getting expensive. I think they topped out at around $4,000, which is you know absolutely insane for a, a card with a pop of 1100 So I went with a PSA 8, all right? Now, if I remember correctly, I think I bought this one for about 1000 bucks or so, you know, well, looking back, that was a totally dumb move as these are now somewhere around 250 or so, right? So, ouch, right? Big mistake there. Took a big hit on this one. Not as bad as the PSA 9s, which are like a thousand bucks right now. So, what signs should I have been looking for to help avoid this? You know, here are some things I didn't fully consider that I want you to think about, right? 
First, my big mistake was thinking, wow, you know, if I don't get in on this Larry Bird card, I can miss the boat on this card and they could be unreachable in the near future. You know, I imposed this artificial value in my head and sold myself that this card was going to always be going up in value and it made me feel rushed, okay? Like I had to act right now. You know, how many times have you guys felt rushed when you've been out there buying something? Like you had to buy it right now. I'm sure all of us have done that at some point. Never feel rushed buying anything. You know, when I feel rushed, I make mistakes. And that is the first sign that you need to uh, you know, slow things down is when you feel like you have to act right here in this moment. And next, I didn't consider what the future population of this card is a PSA 8 might look like. You know, currently there are about 2,300 PSA 8s out there and growing, I'm assuming. And half of the cards graded by PSA of this particular one, the 1981 Tops, have been a PSA 8. So obviously it's very common to get a PSA 8. So there are going to be a lot of them coming onto the market. Not good, right? Now, if the population on an item could, uh, you know, could be a card or really any collectible, has the opportunity to rapidly increase it is probably best to stay away from that item. Also, you know, when financially possible, always buy the item with the highest grade or best authentication. This will, in most cases, have the you know smallest population and, of course, the highest demand, thus limiting the dip as much as possible. And lastly, what do you think people might be willing to pay for this particular item in the next two to five years? You know, is there a comparable item that you can compare it to, right? You know, those are tough questions to, to find answers to. You know, assuming an item will always be going up in value is a big mistake. Now, ask yourself, what is the best and worst case scenario for this item price-wise? You know, buying this card at $1,000 for a PSA 8 of a second-year card of any player in most cases, it sounds kind of crazy when you say it out loud, right? I just wasn't very well versed in the history and knowledge about this particular card or similar ones to it price-wise, all right? Now, in fact, I had really never even heard of the card until about a year ago, okay? So my experience, while decent in the card market, was very limited when it came to this particular card and set. In fact, I think I may have done like about five minutes or so of research uh, before buying this item, right? So not good. Definitely don't recommend doing that. So what should we do if our knowledge is lacking in an area? Well, the easiest answer is to gain knowledge before we buy an item, right? But you know, how do we do that? Well, when you see an item gaining increased traction in popularity and growing rather quickly, you know that when that happens, you know, you'll see that every time you see that the price charts going up and up and up and up and everybody's all excited about an item. You know, in most cases, when you see that, you've probably already missed the boat on that item. Now, if this wasn't uh, an idea generated by you in your own head, someone else has probably already beat you to it, all right? So at this point, the best thing to do is to have patience and wait for the price to drop. I, I know that's not the answer that you want to hear. I know it's very hard. You know, I get it. You are all excited about an item. You had the itch to buy it right now. We all like that instant gratification. You know, what if the price goes up even more? Now I've missed my chance, you know? Yes, you know, there's sometimes you might miss out on some items when the price doesn't come back down. 
but more often than not, the price will drop and you can pick it up cheaper in a few months. So just don't get caught buying the card at the peak like I did. Of course, that's easier said than done. Hindsight can always be 2020. When you see a particular market getting hotter and hotter, and everyone, it seems, is buying and selling this product, think NBA Top Shot. Your best bet is to use the next few months while everyone is buying and just watch the market. Gain some insight on what's popular, what sells, and for how much. Do not buy anything. I repeat, do not buy anything. Especially if this is a brand new market such as NFTs, graded video games. Use this time when everyone is buying it to just watch and observe. See where things are going, all right? Uh, I just watched a fantastic video by um, about video game manipulation by Carl Jobs. I think I'm saying his last name right there. I'll link it up here in the description of the video. Please, please, please go and watch that video. And it is just mind-blowing on the connections in the video game industry. And again, you can apply this to any collectible market. But if you don't think there are some heavy hitters in the collectible industry manipulating the market, this video will open your eyes to some interesting connections in the hobby. It's about an hour long, but it moves really quickly. He does an excellent job explaining things in a nice, cool, and calm, and fact-based delivery. Very good video. Uh, especially, you know, as he mentions in that video, when new grading card companies or not grading card companies, any grading company pops up in a new collectible area, that's definitely something to be watching out for, for the pump and dump. And one of the reasons that people say that Warren Buffett is so successful as an investor is because he lives in Omaha, Nebraska, far away from the frenzy of New York. You know, he can take his time and not be influenced by these influencers. And lastly, research, research, research. You know, we, we have this, uh, you know, saying all the time, you know, please do your own research. But what does that actually mean, though? You hear this all the time. I say it all the time. But what does that mean? To me, it means talking to people who are more versed in a topic than you are. Ask them as many dumb questions as you can come up with. I get this all the time in, in my Instagram messengers. And it's just questions that they're not dumb. They're just questions I've answered all the time, right? I would encourage you guys to do that as much as you can. Find people who are well-versed in it, bounce all your ideas off of them, get their honest opinion on things. And again, people that you trust that aren't you know, uh, invested in the manipulation market, all right? Facebook groups are another way to do some uh, great research. And you can just observe there. It's a fantastic way to see what sells for what price, and what people are really into. Uh, and, you know, in these groups, you'll get the 411 on, you know, scams, what's hot, where to buy, etc. And you can get all that information for completely free. Just takes time to scroll through it, find some good groups, and just go take your time and go through all the information. Uh, for sports cards, you know, there's an awesome program out there called Market Movers. You've heard me talk about them on the program uh, a bunch. Simple way to track uh, sports card prices, your collection, and research, not just individual cards, also the uh, you know sealed wax as well. You can go back, you can look at that 1981 Topps uh, Larry Bird card. You can see it go up and up and up, and then it kind of gets right here, and then it goes, and then it kind of coming back a little bit there, but not to obviously where it was before. But it's just a very simple tool. I like it a lot. It's very cool research for this um, for this show. 
but also for my own personal collection and sales and whatnot. There's a 20% discount code in the description below. Again, only purchase if you plan on using it and you think it will actually help you in your research. Again, I love using it. They've really over uh, simplified it and made it super easy for, for dummies like me to find out about pricing and all that kind of stuff. So very, very cool tool. But here's what I want you to ask yourself next time you, know, you see an area of the collectibles market going crazy because it's gonna happen again. This will definitely help you to avoid the pump and dump trap. Number one, where am I getting my information from? Is this person or company profiting off of this item or this area of the hobby? Number two, do I personally and honestly believe that this market or item is collectible? Do I believe the masses will want to collect these? Are these actually being collected by collectors or are they just being bought and sold by investors? That's a very important and key question that you need to ask yourself. You know, once there's no more money to be made or uh, you know, on an industry, it will collapse. All right? Google tulip mania if you wanna see how a bubble is created and collapses. This is about flower sales of all things in the 1600s or so, very interesting story. And it basically mirrors what's happening in a lot of collectible areas. At number three, what do you honestly value an item at? Now, if an item is selling for $1,000, like this Larry Bird example I've been giving you, but after doing all your research, you honestly believe it's a $250 item, stick to your guns, okay? Wait for the price to drop. You might be right, you might be wrong. Worst case scenario is what? You, know, you end up paying maybe a little bit more for the card at some particular time. But again, in most cases, a card is gonna fluctuate and fall back into your price range. And also, if an item goes down in value by half, are you still okay owning it for your collection? Now, that's a, a very real possibility. And if the answer is no, it's probably best to wait until that gets to a price range where the answer is yes. And number four, how much do you honestly know about this area of the collectibles industry? Now, this is where you have to be really honest with yourself. I've been in the autograph industry now for almost 20 years, and there are still some things I know very little about or don't know as much about as someone else. So I default to people who know way more about that than I do. Take vintage autographs where you don't want to make a mistake. For example, like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, those kind of guys. I feel pretty confident about most of those. But I know that's a big purchasing decision and I wanna make sure that I've done all my due diligence on it, that I've got the proper authentication for it as well. So when I sell it to someone else, that hey, I can be honest and say, listen, the best in the business who I use is, I use JSA for those, that they've looked at this stuff and they agree that's an authentic autograph and that way I can feel good about selling that to the other people. But again, I always look at the stuff too and make sure that it lines up with me and say, hey, listen, I believe this to be an authentic autograph as well. But I always defer to the main experts on big purchases like that. And again, I always use JSA for that. I know my limitations, especially when it comes to vintage autographs. And graded video games, you know, have really taken off lately. You know, while I played them as a kid like you did, I never really saw them as a collectible. You know, I still really don't. Uh, cool to own, I suppose. I mean, they just aren't for me at this particular time. I know very little about the area. Thus, I stay away from them for now. 
you know, that may change as my knowledge grows about the industry and its pricing, but I'm just not interested in the market right now. And, and that's okay. You don't have to collect everything. You know, just collect what you like and believe in as long as it fits within your budget. And get what I hope you take away from today's topic is that there is market manipulation going on there. There are some bad apples out there on social media. The people you follow on social media might have an agenda that doesn't always benefit you. And it's okay to not buy an item when everyone else is doing it. And it's okay to slow down, take your time, and do your own research. Remember, oftentimes when the information is freely given by an influencer, you are the actual product, right? The goal with you, uh, hopefully getting you to buy items and promote the product as well. So again, always keep that in mind when you are getting information from people. The last thing I want anyone to do is feel rushed into buying any purchase and instantly regretting it. That's what we are trying to avoid. Again, hope you guys like this video. Again, go ahead and visit the website when you guys can. I always appreciate it. Powersportsmobilia.com. Also, give me a follow over there on Instagram at Powers Autographs. Be careful out there. I'll see you guys on the next episode.